Last week, we started a series on breaking the chains that bind us. We looked at anger. Today, we look at worry. And we turn to Philippians chapter 4 and begin reading at verse 4 through verse 9. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any, any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can cast our care on you today. We don't need to live in worry and frustration, anxiety. We can experience your peace. Your peace that passes all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Take this word, Father. Use it to teach us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of Henry Ward Beecher's favorite stories was about a man who was applying for a job in a New England factory. And he asked to see the president, and he said he's looking for a job, and the president says, I do have a job as vice president. He said, well, what would I do? He said, you need to carry all of my worries. He said, what's the salary? This was many years ago. He said, $10,000, but you must carry all my worries. And then the, uh, the uh, president, who was kind of a nervous, fidgety type of man, said, uh, or the, the, the vice president said, well, where then is the $10,000 coming from? And the uh, president said, that's your first worry. <laughs> You know, we joke sometimes about worry, and yet for many people, worry is no joking matter. There are some that live in, I guess, perpetual worry. They call themselves worry warts, where they're always wondering about something, thinking about something that could happen or something that did happen, or what if this happened or what if that happened. And that is something that we all deal with. Even preachers deal with worry. Uh, Reverend R.C. Trench, uh, many years ago, was uh, the Archbishop of Dublin. And he had a morbid worry about becoming paralyzed. And one evening at a party, the lady that he sat next to and dinner heard him muttering these words, It happened at last. Total insensibility of the right limb. And the lady that was sitting next to him said, Your grace, it may comfort you to learn that that is my leg 
you are pinching. <laughs> uh, reminds me of another story, but I won't, I won't tell you that one. So how do we overcome worry? How do we deal with anxiety? This passage is really a, a classic passage on, on dealing with worry. And there are four principles that we notice. First of all, we break the chains of worry by praising God, by rejoicing in the Lord. We sang this already this morning. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. It almost appears as if Paul's words here are a little bit exaggerated. Isn't that rejoice in the Lord always? And maybe he's responding, anticipating of people at least thinking, do you really mean, do you really mean this, Paul? Do you really mean that we are to rejoice in the Lord always? Can you think of circumstances where it would be very difficult for you to rejoice? I can. And so as if to anticipate our objection, Paul repeats it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to tell you again, I say, rejoice. Paul was one who really lived out this principle in his life. Uh, You think of the book of Philippians. It is a book that was written from prison. And yet it it is described by many as the epistle of joy. And it just seems like, how do those two fit together? Here you are in a, in a prison cell, and, and yet you're writing about rejoicing, you're writing about joy. He, in chapter 1, he, he describes his situation. In verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brethren, that what has happened to me has really turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He said, in this place I've been given opportunity to witness. Others who have observed me are, are more bold in their faith. He says, in this I... I rejoice. And so in Paul's life, we, we see that, that, that rejoicing in, in, in many different circumstances to be the reality of his life. And you might ask, how did he do that? Well, the key is found in, in the verse we just read. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that's really the key, isn't it? There are circumstances that we face that are very challenging, very difficult. And we might find it very hard to rejoice, but Paul says we rejoice in the Lord. He is the one that gives us the power in the midst of those challenges to be thankful. Matthew Henry, famous scholar, was robbed one evening. And he wrote these words in his diary, which really are quite enlightening. He said, let me be thankful first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed Not I who robbed. (laughs) He must have been an interesting man to be able to to, to face a situation like that and, and still be able to be thankful, still be able to rejoice. Where does that come from? That comes from God's work in our life, doesn't it? 
praising Him, rejoicing in His goodness. How many of you remember the Imperials? You've got to be old enough to raise your hand, just as I thought. People in their 50s and 60s, maybe 40s. They sang sang a song that, 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 that the part of it says, Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. Some of you are mouthing it with me. Praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you when you praise Him. Something about praising Jesus. Something about singing those hymns of praise and, 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 and quoting those verses of praise. I, I remember a time when I was worrying about something and I couldn't sleep and I got out of bed and I started, I started walking down the road and through the park and I was reciting verses and I was singing hymns of praise and, and that went on for about a half hour and after about a half hour, just like, you know what? Ah, I can rest. Something about praising Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Second thing Paul mentions is, is, is praying. Verse 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing. Some translations say don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Two things that strike me about prayer here. He talks about consistent prayer in everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, present your needs to God. And maybe you're thinking, why do I need to pray about everything? Why not just bring to God the big things? Why don't I just handle the little things on on my own? Ever messed up the little things? Is it often the little things that, that, that cause us worry? It's not always the big things. Sometimes it's, it, it's just minor things. Things that in the scope of eternity really aren't that big or aren't that important. Maybe that test you got coming up this week, huh? I don't want to tell teachers tests aren't important, but in the scope of things, is, is that the, the hugest thing of, of concern? What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Part of that hymn says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry most things to, no, everything to God in prayer. I would challenge you, if you're worrying about something today, ask yourself, have I really brought this to the Lord? Have I made this a matter of prayer? Or am I carrying that burden myself today? And that's why I have no peace. I have not given that to the Lord. Because when you pray, are you you letting God know of something He doesn't know? When you bring your need to the Lord, is the Lord saying, Oh man, thanks for telling me I didn't know that. Obviously He knows. So what is prayer? It's, it's taking the burden that we are carrying and it is casting it on Him. We're not telling Him anything He doesn't know, but it's a great relief for us, isn't it? 
to bring that burden to Jesus, consistent prayer. And then thankful prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And I've thought about that for a while. What, what kind of thanksgiving is that? It could be thanksgiving for what God has done already, couldn't it? As we thank God for answered prayer in the past, as, as we look back and we see what God has done, and then we bring God, our needs to God and we just thank Him, Lord, for what He's already done, that encourages us, doesn't it, as we pray? Or how about thanksgiving? Thanksgiving for what God is going to do. Expecting God to answer as we bring our needs to Him in prayer. What does the Bible say? Call unto me, God says, and I will answer you. Can we not thank God in advance for what God is going to do in answer to our prayers? Yes? Now, God may not always do exactly what we want Him to do, but can we not trust that if we bring our need to God in prayer, He is going to answer that prayer? We can rest in that. Uh, Paul did that in Philippians chapter 1 as he talked about his experience in prison and he believed that God was going to set him free. In verse 18, he says, In this I rejoice that Christ is being proclaimed. Then he goes on to say, Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So as Paul prayed, he says, You know what? I rejoice because I believe God is going to answer this prayer. I am thanking Him in advance for what He is going to do. Isn't that a liberating way to pray? Lord, here's my need. I bring it to you, and I thank you. I thank you now for what you are going to do in answer to this prayer. What a liberating way to pray. There was a preacher years ago, George W. Truett, that was preaching a sermon on the text, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of my Father in heaven. And during his sermon, he asked the question, Do you believe it? Obviously just a rhetorical question, but <laughs> there was a, a, a lady in the congregation that said, yes, I do believe it. And she uh, wanted him then to, to stop the service and to get down on their knees and pray for her husband. And, and George W. Truett said, well, he wasn't really expecting her to, you know, answer his question and ask for prayer. So they got down on their knees and they, they prayed. And she was concerned about her husband, who wasn't a Christian. And she was pouring out her heart to Jesus, asking that he be saved. And not only asking God to save him, but thanking him that God was going to save her husband. And Dr. Truett was kind of taken back. He thought, well, yeah, I, I believe this verse, but I guess I don't quite believe it as well as this woman does. And sure enough, they were having special services in that congregation that evening. That husband came, hadn't been to church for years. The word of God was proclaimed, the invitation was given, and the first one came down that aisle was that husband of hers. Oh, what trust in the promise of God. 
to be able to bring our needs to God and thank Him for what He is going to do. What a privilege we have to pray, don't we? It is indeed a privilege. So we break the chains of worry as we praise God. We break the chains of worry as we pray to God. Thirdly, we break the chains of worry by pondering God's promises, by meditating on His Word. You know, part of the reason why we experience anxiety and worry is because we allow our minds to dwell on those things that can rob us of our joy, rob us of our peace. Do you find yourself doing that? Dwelling on those things that rob you of your joy? Take away the peace? Sometimes uh, Satan whispers lies into our minds and we dwell on what he tells us. Sometimes people say or do things that frustrate us and we let our mind dwell on that. Sometimes we dwell on things we wish we would have done, things we wish we wouldn't have done, things which we hope we won't have to do. (laughs) And what happens? We get all stressed out. What we think about can have a huge impact on our peace of mind. And that's why Paul says in verse verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And where do you find these things? You find them in the Word, don't you? Truth. Honorable, excellent, you find it in the Word of God. And so what is Paul really challenging us to do here is to meditate on the Word of God. What does Romans 12, 2 say, huh? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You meditate on the truth of God's Word. And when you meditate on the truth of God's Word, it's amazing what God does in your heart and mind as you fill that mind with good things. I hope you meditate on Scripture. I hope you memorize Scripture. I hope you fill your mind with the truth of God's Word, pondering God's promises. But if you look at verse 9, there's another reference to peace. We break the chains of worry by practicing God's principles. Paul says in verse 9, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So does there come a point where, you know, we can meditate on the Word and we can pray and we can praise God, but what if there's some step of obedience that God is asking us in our lives? And we're not willing to take that step. Are we going to experience peace? There's something in your life that needs to be dealt with and you're not willing to deal with it. Are you going to experience peace? Paul says you need to put into practice that which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace 
will be with you. Trust and obey, for there's, what, no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, huh? We sing that song, do we think about what that really means? There may be a step of obedience that needs to be taken in our life before we're going to experience the joy and peace that comes to, Je- comes to those who love Jesus. Verse 7 gives us a beautiful picture of God's peace. It says, The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension... Some translations say the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can't explain it because it's, it's God's work. It's His supernatural peace. And I know many of you have experienced that when you've been in a, a tough situation. Difficult circumstances, and, and, and somehow God poured peace into your life. You can't really explain it, can you? Because it's beyond our comprehension. It's not something that we, we produce in ourselves. It's something that God graciously gives to us as we call on Him and allow Him to work in our lives. Paul says the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds. That word guard was used to picture a a soldier standing guard. And think of God's peace then a standing guard over our hearts and over our minds in Christ Jesus as if to protect us from those disturbing thoughts. No wonder we sing, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I don't think the Lord wants us to live in perpetual worry, does He? Anxiety every day, what may happen, what could happen. And the Lord wants us to, to live in peace. He says, in the world you will suffer tribulation, but be of good cheer. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. So, praise God for that wonderful privilege to just lay it out before the Lord. And I don't know what you're dealing with today. You might have concerns that have been heavy on your heart. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Let Him take that. Let Him carry it for you that you might experience His peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that we don't need to be bound by the chains of of worry Your word is very clear that we are to bring those concerns to you. We are to praise you in the midst of those challenges. We are to meditate on the truth of your word. We are to put into practice, Lord, the principles of your word. 
that we might experience your peace. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest in you today. Give us that peace that passes all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen.